the move of God, the love of God will never be quenched. Nothing can stop it. No pandemic, no government authority, nothing. God's way prevails. God's love prevails. Do you believe that? Hey, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for living it out. I hear great stories of people being able to share their testimony at this time. And this is the time people are asking questions. I was reading a Wall Street Journal uh, article this morning talking about the fact that just about 30% of the people in a pool uh, are really just struggling with life. Like, what's my purpose? Well, let's be, let's be followers of Jesus Christ that help them understand what their real purpose is. And that is to live a life of going all in with Jesus Christ, right? God has a purpose for them and God wants them to live that fulfilled life. Are you following me this morning? So thank you for wherever you may be joining us online. I just I appreciate uh, interacting with you every single week. We, it's great to have human beings in the house this morning, praising and worshiping God together. Yeah, shout out to anybody that's in the foundry this morning. And, and I wanna take a moment, take a moment right now to, to just thank our law enforcement officers that are a part of Church on the Hill. We have a number of them. And let me, let me I want to name them for you. The, the, these are folks that are living out. They are godly people. And I know every profession has, has folks that give us a bad name in some regard. But there are a lot of good people. And we have good ones. And so I just want to say thank you to our sheriff, Tim Svensson. Tim, just thank you for setting a good tone in our county. I just appreciate the way that you lead, and, and we saw a couple of our officers up on, on stage. Uh, another one that works for the county, Jonathan Summers, and then Officer Phil Richardson, who works, who's a state trooper, Officer Hessel, state trooper, Officer Davis, you just retired as a state trooper, thank you for all your years of service. And then in MAC PD, we got people here, Adam Dean, thank you for serving us. Anthony Preston, thank you for serving us. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you know them, I, I happen to know these guys and, and, and I appreciate the way they live, but if you see folks that you know who are law enforcement folks and you see them out eating or, you know, or, or getting a coffee or whatever, I'm just going to go with this motto for right now. They don't buy. They don't pay. Let's, let's just cover them with a little bit of grace because a lot of them who are doing a lot of good things are taking a lot of heat right now. So will you, will you just pray for them with, with me? Thank you guys for serving. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you're new with us online or the first time here, we actually had first time people at nine o'clock, man, just like loving to be, loving, loving what, what's happening here at, at Church on the Hill. If you're just joining us, we're in a series right now. We're in a series of living as a follower of Jesus. And the first Sunday, it was a few Sundays ago, we, we talked about taking a stand. I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and that dictates how I live in every situation. Amen? Last week, Pastor Mark had us look at this whole thing. As when, when, when difficult times come, where do we look? Well, we look above. Like, we look to God. God's going to sustain us through those times. And today, we're going to look at about how God wants to use us. God wants to use us as a ripple effect. Let's pray. God, please prepare us to receive your word this morning. Open our hearts and our minds to your truth. God, help us to embrace your outreach strategy. Help us just to embrace how you want to use us in the world to make this world a more godly place, to usher your kingdom here on earth, God. Oh, please, God, have your way with us. Please move. In your mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. Question, have you ever thought about your last day on earth? 
What's up with that, Pastor Dave? It's our first day back, and you're talking about death. What's, what's, what's going on, right? I know it's a sobering thought that most of us don't like to think about, but guess what? It's coming. Each and every one of us, at some point in time, will take the death trip. And so Solomon gives us this interesting statement in Ecclesiastes. He says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. I'm not sure I'm in agreement with that, but hey, it's Solomon saying it, right? Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Death stalks us. Which reminds me of a of an old Twilight Zone episode. Anybody here in the house that remembers the Twilight Zone episodes? Okay, like everybody over 50 for sure. Those of you who are younger, you may want to go Google it and check it out. It's, it, it, it was one of those series that would deal with real life issues, but in the bizarre, okay? In the bizarre, it would freak me out as a kid. And I, and I remember this one, this one, since death ta- stalks us, I remember th- this, this episode where this old woman just refused to, to answer her door because she thought death was at it. And if she opened her door, death would come in and take her. A very young Robert Redford played the character of death. And he finally tricks this old woman to open her door under the guise of a wounded police, a police officer. He has been stalking her. He had been trying to get her. And he finally does, and he takes her with him. Death comes upon her. The point of this Twilight, Twilight Zone episode was, was no matter if you're rich or poor or famous or common, death is coming. We can't avoid it. And so I hope for all of us that whenever our last day is, whenever we face death, in one sense, it will be exciting It'll be a day of celebration where we get to celebrate the fact that our life counted, where we get to celebrate that we played our role in God's story, that we allowed God to use us to connect other people to God, and and we allow God to use us to bring healing and restoration to the people in our sphere of influence. And so in this way, I hope that death, in a sense, will be an exciting moment for you, like a runner who crosses the finish, finish line as a winner. Are you with me this morning? Not too many amens, though. Think about it this way. Have you, ever, have you ever considered what you may say in your final hour? Your very last words with your very last breath when your time has come. Hmm. If you're given an opportunity to convey one last message to your loved ones, I, I assume that, that you would want to clearly state your wishes. I assume that you'd want to clearly state what is most important to you. Billions of people have crossed over from, from life to death. Some thrilled, others fearful. Let's listen to some last word statements 
of some famous people. I'm going to start with Queen, Queen Elizabeth I. This is what she says. All my possessions, all my possessions for one more moment. This is what the evangelist Henry Ward Beecher said. Now comes the mystery. This is what President George Washington said. I die hard, but I'm not afraid to go. I love this statement by Pastor John Wesley. He says this, the best of all is this. God is with us. And then listen to the eerie comment of Joan Crawford as as her housekeeper begins to pray over her because her time is at hand. Listen to her words and please excuse the language that she uses. Damn it, don't you dare ask God to help me. Have you ever been at the deathbed side of someone who doesn't follow Jesus? I remember being in a situation where uh, the kids of a mom were begging me to get their mom to follow Jesus. And it was a brutal scene. And this woman continuously, anytime we addressed the issue, would just turn her head away. And she died. And it wasn't a pleasant scene. Mm. Jesus, Jesus had two last word moments. We only usually get one. Jesus got two. On the cross and then before he ascended into heaven. And before he took his last breath on the cross, we're told that he said this, as recorded in in John chapter 19, verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, now in in the Greek, this phrase, it is finished, is one word. It's tetelestai, tetelestai. That that word was also used during this time period as a business term as well, and and in the business sense, it meant paid in full. So like if you you paid off your mortgage or you paid off your car, you're going to get the title and it's going to say paid in full. What Jesus is announcing to everyone who has ears to hear, and then they wrote his words down on in this book that we call the Bible so that everyone could read them. When he said it was, it was finished, he's telling us, paid in full, all of your sin debt, all of our sin debt, paid in full, past, present, future, it's been paid. You need to do nothing except receive the grace of the forgiveness of sins, and that's That's the gospel message, my folks. Jesus died so that we could live. Are you following me this morning? Do you want to receive God's grace of the forgiveness of sins? What say you? After his resurrection, Jesus was given a a second last word moment. Again, I I think we're only going to get one, so just saying. Jesus got two. And in his last, second last word moment, he, he, gives his, he gives his disciples this global task that we now know as the Great Commission, and then he leaves them to do it, to live it out. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, 
beginning of verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the, of the age. So with these final words, Jesus left his disciples to carry out his command, this great commission, which is restated in various ways in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament. And then his disciples actually began to live it out. They began to share this message, God's message of healing and restoration to the world. And I want to focus in on this method that Jesus gives and that God expands. And Jesus says it in a different way in, in, in the book of Acts. And then we're going to look at what Paul says to Timothy. I want to focus in on the method because I think it's a very important for us to see the method. And, and so to better understand that, let's first look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. And Paul is talking here to the, the people of, this, of the church of Thessalonica. And, and like all churches at that point in time, it's new and they're trying to figure out, but this church, man, they're, they're really living it. And, and Paul gives them a word of encouragement here in verse one, uh, in, in chapter one, verse eight. Paul says this, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. This, this phrase rang out. In the Greek, the word is ex echio. And it means to sound forth or to ripple like a, like a pebble being dropped in, in a pond. And, and, and Paul is, is commending the, the people that make up this church. He's commending them for living out God's message of healing and restoration in such a way that it's just not impacting their community. It's actually impacting the region and the entire world. They're living it. And Paul chooses to use this word ex echio to reinforce the method of the their outreach strategy. And so when we like the people of this church in, in Thessalonica, when, when, when we like them, when we live out God's message of healing and restoration like a pebble dropped in a pond, we create a ripple effect that reaches out in a progression of rings. If you imagine sound waves or water waves emanating from one church, here this, this, this church in Thessalonica, you get an idea of God's plan to reach the people of this world as God's message, this message of healing and restoration reaches out from there. And, and, and Jerusalem was going to be the epicenter, would be the epicenter, that is the beginning point of God's ripple effect and so before Jesus ascends into heaven, a little bit before he, he ascends into heaven, he gathers all his disciples in this, in this room, and he tells them this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you, he's talking to them, now he's talking to us, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus gives the order of his command, this command, this great commission, he gives the order of his great commission in a spiral progression of outreach for how God's message, how this gospel message is going to reach the world. And this gospel message is what? And you can say it in a lot of different ways. 
I'm going to say it this way right now. God, this message is the fact that God wants to reach lost people. And then God wants, he wants to save them. And then God wants to free those who have been saved. Because just because we started following God does not mean we're issue free, right? And then God wants to redeem, he wants to redeem the freed so we can understand why we exist. And then God wants the redeemed to live a God-fulfilled life, which is what we're all about here at Church in the Hill. We want to help people come to know this God who gives us new life. We want to help people find freedom so we don't have to be that way anymore, do that anymore, so that we can break free of every single stronghold that the evil one has on us, so that we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit, so we can say no to sin and yes to God in all things. We want people to discover their God purpose so they don't have to be wrestling with this why question because sometimes if you, well, when you do and you don't go down the God path, you may go down a very bad path that takes you to a dark place. Like, I don't matter. No, you do matter. We want people to matter. And then we want to help people play their role in God's story that has lived the God-fulfilled life that God created us to live, which is a life of peace and joy, and it makes sense. Hear me when I say this. Our discipleship-making vision at Church on the Hill, it is the gospel message. It's the gospel message, and our encouragement to you and to me is to go live that message out there so people can see it and then so that we can explain it. I just explained it to you in like literally two minutes, and we're using language that connects with the people of our culture today. Are you following me this morning? Do you want to be a part of God's movement to take the world, to give new life, new hope, new meaning? What say you this morning? Do you want it? We see this Acts chapter 1, verse 8, three-part strategy. This Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, and to the ends of the earth. We see this three-part strategy being lived out in various ways in the, in the book of Acts. And, and I, like to look, I like to call this strategy Jesus' pebble plan. Just I'll drop you in the pond and, and then just let you ripple and impact people. So three phases of this, and we see it again in the book of Acts. The first phase is Acts chapter 1 through 7. And, and, and what happens in Acts chapter 1 through 7 is, is Jesus' disciples, they, they go all in on Jerusalem, man. They, they're reaching people in their city. Phase 2 is Acts chapter 8 through 12. What happens when they start reaching people? Hmm, government authorities start to get, whoa, what's happening here? And, they be, and, the, and, the, and the early Christian church began to be persecuted. And so they have to spread out. And so they start to spread out into Judea and Samaria. And then phase three of this Acts chapter one, verse eight, three-part strategy, it takes place in Acts chapter 13 through 28, where we see the disciples leaving Jerusalem, leaving Judea and Samaria, and going to the ends of the earth to spread God's message of reconciliation, God's message of healing and restoration, God's message of hope new life. And then what happened? Well, they made disciples who made disciples who made disciples, and we're sitting here this morning today. Are you following me here? Besides Paul, and I think many of us may have heard of the apostle Paul, besides Paul, who went to Italy, Rome, and was beheaded there, you may not know what happened to some of these other disciples. And so I want to talk to you about some of these last word moments, some of these last moments, at least what tradition tells you tells us what happened to our disciples. You may remember Peter. Peter was crucified upside down. That's what happened to him in Rome. Andrew, he was, he was crucified in Greece. 
Philip was hung upside down with hooks in his ankles and died there in front of people in a place called Phrygia. Then you had, you had Matthew. He died in Ethiopia. Again, I want you to hear where these guys ended up dying, not in their hometown of Jerusalem, in Ethiopia. Jude was clubbed to death in Iran. John died in exile on the island of Patmos. And then we have Bartholomew. He was crucified in Armenia. Then we have Thomas. He was speared to death in India. Then there's James, the son of Alphaeus. He died in Egypt. And then you got Simon, who was sawed in half in Spain. Ouch. And then Matthias. He was crucified in the country called Georgia. Generally speaking, we see that all of Jesus' disciples took Jesus at his word, and they went out. They left their city of Jerusalem to go take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And so we see this clear progression of this ripple effect that Jesus talks about in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. City, region, world. City, region, world. God wants us to take it all. Are you following me this morning? And so in a relatively short time period, we see the way of Jesus. That's the way I like to look at it. We see the way of Jesus really taking hold, spreading throughout all parts of the known world in a relatively short time. By AD 313, the emperor of Rome actually turned from the Roman false gods and embraced Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And they made Christianity, and I don't know if this was actually a good thing or not, but made it the official religion of the Roman Empire. And when anything becomes a religion, you know what happens. It gets tainted, right? I like to think of it as the way of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know in a few hundred years Christianity was taking hold throughout the world. So how do we continue to be a ripple effect? Well, in, in, in Life Track Step 1, we talk about this, and I'm going to talk about it right here with you. And again, I want to reread Jesus' great commission to you. I want to start there. I want you to hear again Jesus' words. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And I want to say this here. You know, we're trying to all discover what our individual purpose is in life, and that's cool and that's good, but we all, as the followers of Jesus, have a big picture purpose, and this is it. What I'm going to tell you, this is it. This is what we need to focus on. This is, this is, this is Jesus' command to us, and he says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's, that's all of you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so and Jesus, in essence, tells us we have three things to do. To do. And, and I'm going to talk about things in threes today. We, we already talked about city, region, world. Now we're going to talk about what Jesus wants us to do in the city, region, world. He wants us to go make disciples. And that's go. That's in our going, in our living in our working, in our breathing, in our eating, in our everyday life. Go bear testimony to what God has done for you. Go be different. Go be a light so people ask you. And then show people what that means to become a disciple of Jesus Christ with your living and then sometime with your words. Okay, you follow me here? And then baptize them. What's up with that, Pastor Dave? You mean I'm, I'm supposed to just 
take them in my pool and baptize them? Well, I mean, I'm not going to get caught up on that, but I'd invite you to invite them to come to church on a hill, and then we'll, we'll have some fun together as we baptize people, right? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And baptism is, is simply that, that testimony that, that I have died to sin, that, that God has saved me. And when I come out of that water, I, I'm a new creature in Christ, a new creation. Died, new life. Are you with me this morning? And then the last thing he tells us, the third thing is, is teach them everything that I've commanded you. So go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them everything I've commanded you. And the teaching part is where it separates the, the, the ladies and the men from the boys and the girls, I think, in a church world perspective. Like, are we going to be a community of faith that actually teaches the word which Jesus commanded us? That's not by words, but also by our living and our practice. This fall, we're, we're going to really try to help us with our biblical literacy. And so we're going to walk through the story of the Bible. And we're going to have classes that you can take on Sundays and during the week that just help you gain a better biblical understanding of God's message and God's word, okay? But it's not going to be all talk. And hopefully I'm going to be able to reinsert myself a little bit on Wednesday nights with fifth graders because teaching also is doing. And so with fifth graders, if you don't know, we take them out on Wednesday nights and we go and we pray over and we interact with older people. That's showing fifth graders what it means to do Jesus out in the world, what it actually means to be a disciple of Jesus out there in the world. Are you following me? So it's learning in a classroom, but it's also out there living it out. That's how we make disciples. That's how we teach. Are you guys with me this morning? Follow me here. So what did Jesus command us to do? Oh, my goodness. I love Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. If you, if you want to read, I always say every Christian should read that once a year. Everything's necessary is right there. But if I started to talk about that today, we'd be here for a while. So I like the fact that Jesus summarizes it for us. And, and if we live this way, that what Jesus says is, is his commands here, uh, we're, we're 95% there. This is what Jesus says. This is how Jesus summarizes what he has commanded us to do. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is, go all in. Love God with your everything. Here I am, God. I love, you control everything. I, I love, you have everything for me. Use me however you see fit. And then verse 38, this is the first and the greatest commandment, Jesus says. And then the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So love God. And love neighbor, and then I add one more, and help others do the same. That's the Great Commission. So you got the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Love God, love neighbor, and help others do the same. Three, love God, love neighbor, and help others do the same. And what is this love that we're talking about? You've heard me say it before. I hope it starts to flow off your lips when people ask you, what's this Jesus kind of love? You talk about it. What does it mean? Well, it means to live with a life of sacrifice for the sake of others. That's why I'm buying your meal right now over lunch means to love with a love of action for the benefit of others. That's why I'm going to come over and help you as you move from this house to this next house. I just, and you mean a lot to me, and I, I, want, I, I want to help you out today. That's a Jesus kind of love. And it's a love of forgiveness that lets go of all past wrongs. You, you, you remember when you 
when you backstabbed me? You're probably wondering how I was able to actually forgive you on that one. Well, Jesus forgave me for everything. And so I'm a person of forgiveness too. So man, I, I'm never gonna bring up that offense again because I just wanna live in right relationship with you. Are you, are you, are you following me? That's, that's, that, that's what we're talking about. Love God, love neighbor, and help others do the same. Where do we do that? In our city, in our region, and in our world. Are you guys, are you guys tracking with me this morning? So, so how do we actually share about the love of Christ? How do we actually share about the gospel message, this message of healing and restoration? How, how do we do it? Well, again, in step one, we, we get into this in detail, and I want, I want to talk about it right here with you. And, and if you come to LifeTrack, I'm going to give you a little, uh, little business card, and it has eight places where you can put names of people and on, that, that don't know God yet. And on the other side, it, it talks about how to pray that they'll come to know Jesus, start to follow Jesus, right? And so those, those, those four things that we talk about, how to share your faith, number one is accept the personal responsibility. Acknowledge the fact that God wants to use you, use us to change the world. God doesn't have a plan B, my friends. For some strange reason, God wants to use us to live in the image of Christ and connect people to God. It is a awesome responsibility. That's why I need God's spirit living me every single day. So accept the personal responsibility. And then build a personal relationship. God has put you in places where you have people in your sphere of influence. That could be at work. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be at school. It could be in your family. And God wants you to shine your light. God wants you to be salt there, making people thirsty for God. Oh, I love living life with people. I love getting to know my neighbors. And some of our neighbors, man, we're, we're followers of Jesus together now. And we're just, it's, it's fun to be in that neighborhood where we look after each other. It's just, a, it's, just a good, it's just a good place to be. And it wasn't always that way. Or in your work environment. Man, I love when I, was, when I was a lawyer and I was trying to figure out, people actually thought I was Christian because at least I had God's image in me, but I, I knew I wasn't living it. And I'm not gonna get into that right now. But when I was a consultant and I started following Jesus, oh my goodness, God opened up doors left and right for me to share my faith on planes, even on trains, and on automobiles, at bars. I tell you what, man, I've shared the gospel message at so many bars, I can't, I've lost count. I always have my drink of choice, ginger ale and lime. And when people get a little alcohol in them, they start to open up, and it's a fun place to share about Jesus. I'm just telling you. Are, are you with me? Develop that personal relationship. I, I, I go to a restaurant all the time and, and here, a lot, <laughs> to, to such an extent that they actually, named, they actually named a breakfast after me. It's called the David. If you go to Wildwood Cafe and you ask for the David, you get what I get when I go in there, okay? I'm just telling you. And there's this wonderful, wonderful waitress in there that invited Kristen and I to her wedding. And so we went, and, and, and I just continue to pray that she sees God in me and that she'll just want to start to follow this Jesus. Are you, are you with me? That's, that's what I'm talking about. So accept a personal responsibility, build a personal relationship, and then share your personal story. Because no one can argue with that. They may not accept the Jesus that you're talking about, but they can't argue with your story. Your story is your story, right? I was this before I started following Jesus. This person introduced me to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus has changed me and continues to change me, so I live this way now. Think of your testimony that way and, and write it out. 
So you can maybe give an elevator speech if you just have to give a quick, quick testimony or know it so well that if you're sitting at coffee and you have a couple hours and you're able to share about how God has changed you, then do that. And then the last thing on how we share our faith is finally give a personal invitation. That's what always scares people when I say that one. You mean, Pastor Dave, I'm having lunch, I developed this relationship, and I'm sitting there, and we're eating, and it's good, and I share my testimony, and they're like, whoa, that's, whoa, that's crazy. You mean like at the end, I, I got to look at them in the eye and say, okay, well, how do you want to follow Jesus? Not necessarily. 95% of the time, no, that's not how I want you to operate. I just want you to say, hey, you know, yeah, this, Jesus changed everything for me. Do you want to come and experience him with me? I got this life group that I'm a part of, and they're having a, they're having a cookout. And, and they said I could bring someone with me. Do you, do you want to you come and just share a meal with us? I mean, if you're in a life group, you do do that, right? I mean, you, you, you have, like, gatherings of food where you invite people that don't know Jesus, right? I'm, I'm assuming that, because that's what we do as followers of Jesus, right? So, so that's why you just, you just invite them. Hey, you want to you you come or... Or, hey, you know, some of the guys in our church, we're going fishing, we're playing golf. Hey, do you want, hey, do you want to come along with us? That, that's what I'm talking about. You want, you want to experience this? Come, come and just experience life with me as I follow this God. And then maybe, maybe if you get the opportunity, invite them to come and experience God with you as you come to worship God here at Church in the Hill. And I, and I promise you that, that if you do, whoever's bringing the word that day, we're going to give an opportunity for that person to start following Jesus, right? To receive the grace of forgiveness of sins because Jesus has paid it in full. Are, are, you, are you guys following me? Do, do you see how this works? Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, people online, they're with me today. Just want you to know. Yes. Then go do it. Go be it. Go live it. This is, in essence, what Paul did with Timothy. We never really think about it this way. Paul did this with Timothy, and then, Timoth- and then he challenged Timothy to do this to others. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Paul says this, You, Timothy, then, my son, be strong in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus, in the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. So, so Timothy heard what Paul said about, about Christ. Uh, so the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Here's another silical, pr- si- si- I guess I'll put it this way. Can I actually say the word? I'm not sure. Here's another example of that three-step Acts chapter 1, silical process. Paul teaches Timothy, and then he encourages Timothy to teach others. Are you following me? More and more. It's like, okay, God, teach me. Maybe you have someone that's mentoring me. You're teaching me, then me to more someone else, and then to more someone else. And because Timothy took that, taught other people who taught other people, again, we're sitting here today making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Are you, are you following me this morning? We t- attempt to follow this, this silical pattern here at Church in the Hill. That's, again, the gospel message is our discipleship-making vision. We want people to come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, play a role. And it's just not a one-time experience. We want people to come to know God in a deeper way as they as they walk through this path of life. We want people to find freedom from the evil one, different strongholds at every stage of their life. We want people to to discover their purpose in every season of their life, and we want people to play a role in God's story of bringing people like you and me back in the right relationship with God at every stage of their life until they are in the box, right? 
We have purpose until we're in the box. And so my prayer for you is when you come to that time, when you get ready to go into that box, when you get ready to meet your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you can be celebrating that moment, knowing that God is saying to you, well done, good and faithful servant. And your family can be around your bed as you take your last breath, celebrating with you instead of weeping over you. Why didn't you embrace God? Are you following me this morning? Oh my goodness, and when you are a follower of Jesus, the ripple effect in your family and your friends, when they see how you receive death, is powerful. And they will tell that story again and again, and it will light a fire in them if that fire is a little bit mm, not burning so brightly. It did it with me as I watched my grandmas and my grandfathers pass. God used those moments where they were bearing testimony to their Lord and Savior. And I'm like, what am I doing? And God used those moments to move me closer to saying yes to God. Are you guys following me this morning? Man, God wants to use you as a pebble. God wants to drop you like a pebble in our community and then use you to change the world. God wants to use you to connect people to God. God wants to use you to help people live in freedom. God wants to use you to help people understand, man, I do matter. I do have a purpose. I have value. God wants to use you to help people live a God-fulfilled life. So will you? Will you be a God pebble that ripples through our community Pointing people to God in everything you do. What say you, people of Church on the Hill? And then sometimes, as we're rippling out, God, I don't know if God reaches into God's pants or not, but God takes us, this is you, this is a pebble, And God takes us out of this community and then God takes us over to this community and drops us here so that God can use us as a ripple in that community. Are you you following me? Just like God is doing with Mark and Mary Lynn and they were supposed to be here by now, but they're not. So hey, when they come in at some point in time, just start clapping for them. Okay, we'll just freak them out. Oh, where where are they? Oh, they're up there. Oh, okay. They're up there. So this is what God is doing with Mark and Mary Lynn. God is taking them from the community of McMinnville. And God is taking them way over to the city of Atlanta, Georgia. And dropping them in a community there where he is going to begin serving as the lead pastor of On Mission Church. I think it's awesome. You may have heard that saying, it hurts so good. I mean, I, I, I man, this hurts because, man, Mark has become a friend of mine, and I just love living life with him. But it's so good because I just, I love the way that he and Mary Lynn live, and I love what God has in store for them, and God is taking them, it's okay, taking them from McMinnville, taking them to Atlanta, and God is going to use them to change that community. They will be a huge ripple effect, and I love you guys dearly. Yes.
Their last Sunday is going to be July 12th. So we're going to have a celebration Sunday on that Sunday, just sending them off in a good way. We'll have a little party. We're going to have a little party. We're going to enjoy each other. And you may be wondering, I was going to call you guys to come up at this point in time, but you know what? Now, come on, start walking up here. I want you to take your pebble. <laughs> you may be wondering, okay, what do we do now? Mark's exiting. Well, Mark and I have been talking about this almost since, I'm probably three or four months since I got here because I asked you, asked the question, hey, Mark, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? How do you, want, how do you think God wants to use you? And so we talked about being a lead pastor at some point in time. As my responsibility, I said, okay, hey, let's help you get, let's help you get there. Let's, let, let's do some certain things so God can continue to develop you. And so, and so God has been doing that. And we really started working in, he really started working in earnest last year. And I shared, if you came to the annual meeting last year, and in annual meetings, for whatever reason, they're, they're not packed out. There's only a few people that come to those things. I, I don't know why, but that's the case. But I talked about the fact that, hey, you know, we, Mark may not always be here at Church on the Hill because at some point in time, God's going to move him to be a lead pastor somewhere. We just didn't know when. But it wasn't right timing then, but it's right timing now. Why? Because God has taken another pebble and put that, that person in, in, a, in a sphere of influence. She's already been part of the church, right? Uh, but, but moved her in different places where she's had impact. It's been kind of fun to see. But the last, since January, I guess, Mark has really been breathing in and mentoring her. And that's, and that's Lindsay English. And Lindsay's going to step into this, into this youth pastor role as an interim over the next few months. Just so, just so she, can, she can experience it and, and, and parents and teens can experience her. And, and maybe, I have no idea, maybe, maybe that's, that's who God has in store for us. But we're going to go on that journey. So I want you to know that our teens won't be left hanging because God just doesn't do that. God's going to use Lindsay to continue what Mark has been doing and take it even to wherever God wants us to take it. Are you following me? I give God praise for that. So Mark, here's your, I'm just going to toss, here's your pebble. Take your pebble and go, but in a godly way. Now our pastor teams, pastoral team said, Dave, you got to address one more thing because, you know, Mark's leaving and, you know, you talked about your change in life and blah, 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 blah. what's that going to mean for the church? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that I'm not going anywhere. That's right. Nope, God's made it very clear that I am to stay here at Church in the Hill and serve as your lead pastor. And our leadership team, 100% support, man. They're like, yeah, let's keep rolling. And that's, that, I, think, I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing, right? So, so you'll hear more about that in July because I have to do a couple things where God has, uh, the, the, our, our district, you know, I was gonna be, I'm going to be this DS, this district superintendent over a bunch of churches, 70-some churches in Oregon. But I've been given the authority to completely restructure that district in such a way that it's not a one-person influence structure. So it's just not about me. And I'm a big team guy. And so I'm going to be able to... Uh, I, I'm going to be able to hire five people to join me, okay, to be able to do this, which is going to allow me to stay as lead pastor here. And it's going to allow them to be pastors in their local churches, which I think will make us more effective as we try to take the state of Oregon for Jesus Christ. Are you following me this morning? So I'm pumped about that. I mean, like, I am so stoked that if this wasn't this season that we're in, I'd be high-fiving and hugging and just telling you, I'm still going to tell you how much I love you, but I'm just going to give air hugs, right? Because my heart is with the local church, man. I want to be at the front lines. I want to be mixing it with folks who do not know Jesus yet, but are going to come to know this Jesus. Are you following me? Are you with me this morning? 
Again, Jesus said, two last word comments, it is finished, paid in full. You guys don't have to do, we don't have to do anything to earn it. I paid the price for your sin. Just receive this grace. Oh, my friends, if there's anybody out there online or here this morning who wants to receive the grace of the forgiveness of sins, now is the time. Just say, God, here I am. Start following. What I want you to do is I want everybody in the house to get out your phone if you have one with you. If you're online, get out your phone, please. And, 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 and if you're someone, and I have two things here, so if you're someone who wants to receive the grace of the forgiveness of sins, then you want to start following Jesus, I'm asking that you send an email to info at hillchurch.com so that we can follow up with you. And if there's anybody here today, do the same thing. Info at hillchurch.com. I want to follow up with you. I want to give you a book. And then, and then we'll see where we go from there, okay? Fair enough? And all you have to do is this. God, I'm... I'm sorry for all the nonsense I've done. God, please clean me up from the inside out. Transform me and then use me as you see fit today and the next and the next. In Jesus' mighty name I pray and ask amen. That's it. That's it. Okay? And then we're going to encourage you to get into a small group where we can grow in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then we're going to serve together. We're going to go and be do Jesus together. Are you guys with me here? And then the other thing I want you to do, again, I want you to have your phones here. Everybody can do this. I want you to go to your favorite social media thing. I, I'm liking this Instagram thing. I don't know if you ever heard of Instagram. But I like this Instagram thing because I can do multiple things when I'm in Instagram. So I want you to go to Instagram. Get on Instagram. Come on, pull it up. And I want you to say this. I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and I will be a ripple effect in my community. Okay? So pick some picture. At 9 o'clock, I pick, pick, pick this picture. It says, I'm the message. And then just, just, type, just type those words with me. Now, Instagram, I like it because I can put it on Facebook too. Okay? So I am a follower of Jesus Christ. All right? Are you typing? And I will be a ripple effect in my community. Now, I'm telling you that I'm not really typing right now because I already did this at nine. It would kind of look weird if I did it twice. I don't know. So I'm just being real with you. (laughs) But I hope that it gives you an opportunity to maybe have a conversation with someone in your life. They say, hey, I saw your post. What's up with that? And then you get an opportunity to share. Well, I'll tell you what's up with that. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I will be a ripple effect in my community. What say you? What say you? What say you? Will you be a ripple effect that God uses to change the world, to bring healing and restoration to everyone in your sphere of influence? What say you, people of Church on the Hill? Oh, God, please have your way with us this morning. Please continue to transform us into Jesus Christ. Please help us to be the image of Christ. Please help us to be and do Jesus in every way and every day, God. Please, God, please have your way. Please move in our life. Oh, God, may those people in our sphere of influence who do not know you yet come to know you this day, this week, this month, this year, God. 
please, God, in your mighty name, we pray and ask. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning and sing this song? This song should give you so much courage to live out this three-part strategy. Love God, love neighbor, help others do the same. Where? In our city, out McMinnville, in the Northwest, in our world, because God is with us.